For me, success truly means the ability to balance your work, work time, your family time, and also your, your me time, which is really, really important to look after yourself. So if I'm able to manage all of those in conjunction where not one is not taking complete control of the other, I, I consider that to be very successful. Welcome to the Joe Momo Presents podcast. This is the Calgary Leader Series. Let's start the show. I'm really excited to have my next guest on the podcast. He's the CEO at Rothenberg Capital Management. Welcome to the podcast, Robert. Pleasure being here. Appreciate you uh, extending the invite to me. Absolutely. Let's just uh, dive right into it. How you could uh, maybe share a little bit about what you do with the listeners? Sure. So I'm the CEO of Rothenberg Capital Management. And for those listeners who have never heard of our company, we're a holistic wealth management firm. And we help people or uh, support people that are either frustrated that they're paying too much of their income in taxes, uh, they're concerned about an uncertain retirement, or a conversation that many couples will have is how do they protect their family today and save for their, their kids' education for uh, the future because all those things take a lot of money. So uh, our firm and our advisors uh, try and provide guidance in how best to achieve those goals. And uh, as a CEO, while you may say I'm, I'm running the organization, I came up with a uh, a list of different one-word adjectives to describe all the different things that I might do on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and those include coaching, mentoring, training, uh, recruiting, uh, I'm analyzing, strategizing, selling, servicing, and I'm also marketing as well. So uh, all of those encompass what I, I might do every single day. <laughs> That's awesome. Sounds like you're wearing multiple hats on a daily basis. That so keeps, sure. keep, keeps you busy. Uh, sure. So I know Rothenberg is your last name, but I also noticed that on social media, you had Rothenberg meaning local expertise, national presence, and international resources. It'd be interesting to get your perspective on what that uh, means. Sure. So, um, so our company has physical offices in Calgary. We have multiple locations in uh, the Montreal area and Quebec. Uh, offices now in Ottawa and Kelowna, so we're in different parts of the country. And of course, with technology being what it is, we can service Canadians uh, all across the country with Zoom and other technologies that we didn't have just a, just a few years ago. And we rely on different uh, service providers to give us different expertise, whether it's um, uh, securities analysis selection. We use uh, one of the major banks in Canada to get uh, resources there. And then we use a company called Credit Suisse for uh, some of our international uh, resources. So we, we do have, even though we're a, a small firm, we do have large partners to help us achieve what we need to. Awesome. And just to fast forward, or sorry, rewind a little bit. Um, you'd mentioned that you wear multiple hats. You're the CEO of uh, this firm, but I'm sure our listeners would love to know what, how'd you get to this current point right now? What was your origin story? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I can uh, give you a little bit of an idea that 
I, uh, I knew early on that I wanted to be in this space. I wanted to be in the investment world, whatever that looked like at the time. But I can, I can uh, go back quite a ways to when I was 13 years old. I had a bit of money. And my dad, who uh, had started the, this company, which was a lot different than what it was today because it wasn't able to offer individual stocks or mutual funds uh, etfs didn't exist back in the day um and uh he said I, i'd like to teach you a little bit about the stock market by taking the money that you saved and put it in the market and we'll see how we do and i put uh, we put the money in and six weeks later my my investment grew by 50 percent. so it it did really well when I was 13 years old. And over that six week period, what, what happened was I started to check, and I'm gonna date myself here, I started to check the newspaper every day for the, the stock quote for, for those stocks and reading what was, what was going on. And um, we dealt with a, a stockbroker at the time, so I called him up every couple of days, what are the stock clothes at and so on and so forth. And this is a, 13 years old and, and I got hooked. I, I knew from that point when I started doing the research and making money in stocks that um, this is what I wanted to do as a, as a lifelong career. So that gives you an idea of why I cho chose the industry I did early on. I knew I wasn't gonna be a doctor, a lawyer, a fireman, policeman, whatever it might be. This was sort of the, the calling that I, I had. I, I was hooked uh, fairly early on and I knew I didn't have the uh, physical abilities to be a, a pro athlete, which would have been another <laughs> thing that many, that many people uh, have as well when they're, when they're growing up. So, um, so fast forward a little bit, I, I, um, uh, to, to move the ball forward a little, even, um, before I started university, I actually started taking industry courses. So I actually got the licensing courses to be an advisor. Um, while I was in university, I took a, um, a course called the CFA program, the Chartered Financial Analyst Program. So I started that while I was in my last year of university. So I already had inklings that, you know, I needed to do more than just get a, a university degree to be uh, in the field and, and, and started to take those licensing courses. So um, when I graduated university, I got, got a job with a, one of the major banks in Canada and uh, uh, thought that there were going to be certain opportunities that were going to open up to me based on my knowledge and hard work and all those uh, good things. But like many people will tell you, when uh, you work for a large organization, uh, different things happen. In that particular instance, a um, the, uh, the bank bought a competitor and they had excess capacity and they needed to make a decision. What are we going to do with all of these people? So they either needed to let them go or place them within their own internal um, uh, openings. And uh, it meant that any positions that I was geared for um, were going to be put on hold for the foreseeable future. And that's where I decided to I uh, joined the family business that my dad had started and it was a perfect opportunity because he um, expanded the business from the Montreal area into Calgary. And uh, I said, hey, here's a great opportunity. I'll move to Calgary. Don't know anybody. It's a, a, a 
chance for me to try all the things that I, I've learned in school. It, it, it uh, allows you to be entrepreneurial because even though we're an existing company, we really don't have any clients. Nobody knows the name Rothenberg in Calgary, even though we were in the Montreal area for years. And that's how I, I came to move out to Calgary, which was more or less 30 years ago. So I managed to grow that company. I was uh, a networking machine going out all the time, meeting different people and uh, doing traditional uh, media at the time, which would have been radio, television, newspaper, uh, social media, internet, none of it <laughs> existed in the, in the early 90s. And, um, uh, you know, they're interesting dynamic being in a, a family business. You know, uh, uh, my dad had a certain vision of what he wanted. Uh, I was young, wanted to grow the business, willing to take risks. And, and there, we didn't always see uh, eye to eye in, in that respect. So um, uh, the years went by and um, uh, we had many a discussion about secession planning, which is something that uh, takes place. I'm sure some of your other guests have talked about it. If you're in a, a family business, what do you do? How do you monetize that, that business? Um, how, you know, so we had those hard to hard discussions where, you know, I wanted my dad and my, my uh, mother to have a, uh, a comfortable retirement. Uh, uh, so anything that we would do to try and expand the business might risk that. Um, and, uh, you know, looking to the future, what, what does that hold? So we said, you know, if we can continue growing it slowly, or if there was an opportunity where, uh, we could sell the business, um, and there was a buyer that met certain criteria, would we consider that? And, uh, we, we agreed that if the right offer came, we would consider selling the business and, you know, I don't know if you know this, Joe, or not, but we we uh, ended up selling the business in uh, 2018, so about uh, four years ago. And uh, so my dad was able to have his retirement, and the new owners made me CEO of the business. So my dad retired, I became CEO, and now could execute more of my vision, not worrying about my father's retirement. So, uh, so that's what took place there. And um, to add a little spin to that, a couple of years later, the ownership group that bought our firm got into uh, financial difficulty. And it provided an opportunity for myself, along with uh, some of our key associates, management group, to buy back the company, which we did. And that, that transaction was completed um, October of last year. So... We've gone full circle where we went from uh, a family business, selling the business, and now it's uh, an employee-owned business all in uh, just a few years. Wow. No, that's remarkable. I'm definitely a uh, roller coaster ride a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and you, you throw, and you throw a, a global pandemic in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Why not throw that in there as well? <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, I just have so many follow-up questions. Uh, so obviously, you have 25, 30 plus years of experience in the industry. Uh, so what's maybe one thing that you wish you would have known uh, when you began your career? Um, you know, there, there are a couple of things that uh, I can touch upon. I'm going to give the first one, which is real easy 
that a lot of your listeners in leadership or executive roles uh, will completely understand and any parent will understand. And the, the, the thing I wish I, I could have done better early on was uh, the ability to say the word no. <laughs> um, it, it is really tough and, and over committing and under, under delivering uh, can be a real problem if you don't have reasonable expectations of what you can accomplish in a day. And uh, that's something that I've been able to learn quite well over, over time in order to be able to to survive and grow and focus on what needs to get done because uh, uh, I don't know about you, I get about 450 emails a day. I'm continuously uh, reached out to on, on LinkedIn for a variety of different topics and I could be busy 24 seven without really accomplishing what, what needs to get done. So saying no would have been, learning that early on would have been great. Um, and then there were other systems that um, when you're a small firm and you're not a Fortune 500 firm or a large firm with a lot of different systems and processes in place, uh, sometimes you're flying by the seat of your pants and you're, you're, you're doing things, you're making mistakes that, you know what, if, if there are many times uh, as time has gone on where I've said, if I knew then what I know now, the, the time and money that could have been saved along the way would have been would have been huge. Mm. I could totally relate to the saying no aspect of things. Uh, sometimes I learned the hard way. If you don't say no, you just end up with this never ending to-do list, always 24 seven busy and which could lead to burnout, which is uh, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs talk about on the podcast and in general as well. So I'm glad that <laughs> saying no is a big uh, key piece of advice for listeners. Uh, one question I did want to ask you, also was about success. Obviously, in the financial industry, we talk about success all the time, usually in the financial concept or aspect of things. But uh, for you personally, or it could be professionally, how would you uh, describe success or what does success look like to you? Yeah, another good question. And I, 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 I laughed when I saw that as one of the questions that you were going to bring forward because I remember when I was going to university and I see these recruiters come from Wall Street and everybody was wanting that, you know, that was the grail to be on Wall Street working there and uh, in the game and uh, looking at all the various deals. And I saw a part of it that, that didn't resonate with me. And, and that was that people didn't have a life. They, they're, they're, they had families that were breaking up you had people dying of heart attacks in their 40s. The the average lifespan of a of an investment banker was maybe five years, and you see that as well with uh, CEOs of some of the major firms. So I look at a lot of people say, "Hey, you made it. You became CEO of XYZ Corp," but your family broke up, and now your your kids aren't even uh, even talking to you anymore. So I look at that and I say, well, is that person truly successful? So for me, success truly means the ability to balance your work, work time, your family time, and also your, your me time, which is really, really important to look after yourself. So if I'm able to manage all of those in conjunction where not one is not taking complete control of the other, I, I consider that to be very successful. 
I love that. It sounds like balance and just having that organized different aspects of life has been a key uh, skill to your success. Yeah, you know, when we're, we're when we're recruiting and we're uh, interviewing our, our you know uh, the people that we'd, we'd love to bring on board, uh, we say you know you may not get paid as much as some other firms we do pay well, but maybe not as well as others. But at the same time, you're not going to be working uh, on weekends. You're not going to be working till midnight to accomplish certain tasks. If, if you are, we're not we're not doing what we need to as an organization to support you so that you can have that balance in life. Mm. One thing I did want to also ask you was, uh, you had mentioned that you uh, grew up in the family business or joined the family business. So I'm just curious, what sort of resources have helped you along the way in your path and, and your career? Um, yeah, so I'd say that um, as far as resources go, I have to look at my appearance as being a tremendous resource as well. Uh, um, while the name is Rothenberg Capital Management, we have a, a division uh, within our group called Rothenberg and Rothenberg, and the, the two names are basically my parents that started the, the company. And uh, um, you know, their, their value system, their support along the way, uh, emotional, financial, and otherwise, um, uh, were, were tremendous. And I couldn't have ever been where I am today without, without them. I also look at, you know, the friends that I've had over, over the years being a great support, uh, to me as well, uh, along with tremendous associates. Our, our team here is, uh, second to none and, uh, you know, their, their support to grow the business and so on are, are really, really important. Uh, um, lastly, uh, I had touched upon this a little bit where I had said, uh, if there are certain systems that if we put those in place earlier, we could save a lot of time and money. So one of the things that, um, I engage with personally at different levels and many of our team have, have gone through this is, um, I'm going to give a plug to uh, an organization called Sandler Training. And uh, they've done a tremendous job in terms of bringing forward systems that we've implemented within our organization to, um, to deal with a multitude of different gaps that we've had in our, our various processes. And that's allowed us to truly take our, our company into a whole different direction. And um, Wish I had that uh, right from the get-go, but that's been a, a tremendous support along the way. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on also was you had mentioned that you moved to Calgary by yourself, not knowing anybody, essentially, and uh, just pounding the pavement, networking, and really trying to expand the company. How is, and that was, what, 25 or so years ago, so how has maybe Calgary changed from when you first move there or started um, to what you envision now or see now? Uh, so, yeah, it was 1993. So wow. <laughs> in, in Calgary. And I remember, I think the census back then was about 586,000 people. So um, there's a lot more culture and diversity in the city. I'll say that for sure. Uh, more dynamic. Um, at the same time, I will say this, when I moved here and I, coming from Quebec, which was facing 
the possibility of separating from the rest of Canada. Investment was leaving the province. Uh, there wasn't a lot of positiveness in the in the city of Montreal. Uh, I found that Calgary and Alberta was was very uh, entrepreneurial even back then. There was if you had an idea and you wanted to do something, whatever it was, it didn't need to be oil and gas, even though oil and gas was just a such a massive component of the economy back then. Whatever it was, everybody said, go do it. There, there was nobody that said you can't do it or or not. Uh, and, and that entrepreneurial spirit continues even, even to this day. Uh, and of course, we're seeing that though in many other sectors of the, the economy and not just uh, the energy space. Absolutely. I only have a couple more questions here for you, Robert. Um, one thing I always love to ask my guests is, uh, what, are you, what are you most curious about right now? What's maybe forefront of your, on your mind? Um, you know, it's not far from where I am today in terms of uh, what I do on a day-to-day basis, but we have a lot of people who have never seen interest rates increase uh, in their lifetimes. It's the first time in decades that it's happened and it's happening fairly quickly and uh, may, may stay around longer than most have anticipated. And what's that going to do to people's spending patterns that they've had for years? And what's going to what's going to happen to their savings pattern uh, going forward? The, the dynamics are going to be real interesting to see for a whole generation of people that have never actually had to experience this one. Mortgage rates are one and a half percent on a variable rate. Basically, you're getting money for free. <laughs> so the idea, well, why would I save? I should spend when rates are so low and the dynamic shifts real fast. What does that look like? Um, that's something that's raising a lot of curiosity for me right now. Yeah, and you and I both, <laughs> the definitely interesting times uh, we are in right now. But uh, yeah, what's maybe something that you're proud of that we haven't touched on so far in the interview? Yeah, so as far as what um, I'm proud of, I have to say within, uh, within from a business perspective, I'm so proud of the associates that, that are working with us every single day. They're giving a 110% to give the best service that they can provide, which translates to the success of, um, of our firm. And, and then, you know, the, the other thing that, uh, I'm proud of is that success that we've had now means that we can support various organizations within our community that um, that need support and love lending lending a hand there and being able to contribute to the overall success and well-being of of, of our community. So that that's something that we're really proud of. Awesome. And I know earlier in the interview we talked about. Uh, mentors and resources uh, so perhaps maybe one of our listeners would like to reach out to you so where can our listeners connect with you online sure so um, our website is rothenberg.ca uh, top right hand corner of the home page has links to our facebook linkedin and, and twitter feeds uh, which can all be found as well with uh, typing in rothenberg capital management on the various platforms and uh, i personally uh, we'll engage mainly on, on LinkedIn. I do have a Twitter feed that's uh, that's not overly active, and my Facebook page is a more of a personal page than a than a business page, as you can uh, well imagine. 
Awesome. And I'll put those links in the description, guys. So go reach out if you have any other questions. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast, Robert. Uh, you shared a lot of golden nuggets that I'm sure the listeners will find very valuable. So really do appreciate your time. Joe, I appreciate it. Thanks again. Awesome. I do love to end the podcast with one last question. Since this is a leadership podcast, my last question to you, Robert, is what does being a leader or leadership mean to you? Yeah, so uh, a leader is someone that can provide a, a clear vision to, to their team and also provide the tools necessary to put that vision into, into reality. And uh, something else that's really important is a leader must lead by example, because if you're saying you can't walk the walk and talk the talk, you're, you're, you're not going to have that, uh, you're not going to have that uh, the team follow along. Hi, I'm Robert Rothenberg, and you're listening to Joe Momo Presents. Thanks again for watching the Joe Momo Presents podcast. For more episodes, check out joemomo.com slash podcasts. All right, see you next time.